Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 22 from the World English Bible. David spoke to Yahweh the words of this song in the day that Yahweh delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, Yahweh is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, even mine. God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge. My Savior, you save me from violence. I call on Yahweh, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. For the waves of death surrounded me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The cords of Sheol were around me. The snares of death caught me. In my distress, I called on Yahweh. Yes, I called to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple. My cry came into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils. Consuming fire came out of his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. Yes, he was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness a shelter around himself, gathering of waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. Yahweh thundered from heaven. The Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and confused them. Then the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were laid bare by Yahweh's rebuke at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from on high, and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They came on me in the day of my calamity, but Yahweh was my support. He also brought me out into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Yahweh rewarded me according to my righteousness. He rewarded me according to the cleanness of my hands. For I have kept Yahweh's ways and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me. As for his statutes, I didn't depart from them. I was also perfect toward him. I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore Yahweh has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyesight. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the perfect man, you will show yourself perfect. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the crooked, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the afflicted people, but your eyes are on the arrogant that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, Yahweh. Yahweh will light up my darkness. For by you, I run against a troop. By my God, I leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. Yahweh's word is tested. 
He is a shield to all those who take refuge in him. For who is God besides Yahweh? Who is a rock besides our God? God is my strong fortress. He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that my arms bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You have enlarged my steps under me. My feet have not slipped. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. I didn't turn again until they were consumed. I have consumed them and struck them through so that they can't arise. Yes, they have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me, that I might cut off those who hate me. They looked, but there was no one to save, even to Yahweh, but he didn't answer them. Then I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I crushed them as the mire of the streets and spread them abroad. You also have delivered me from the strivings of my people. You have kept me to be the head of the nations. A people whom I have not known will serve me. The foreigners will submit themselves to me. As soon as they hear of me, they will obey me. The foreigners will fade away and will come trembling out of their close places. Yahweh lives. Blessed be my rock. Exalted be God, the rock of my salvation. Even the God who executes vengeance for me, who brings down peoples under me, who brings me away from my enemies. Yes, you lift me up above those who rise up against me. You deliver me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, Yahweh, among the nations, and will sing praises to your name. He gives great deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and to his offspring forevermore. That is the end of chapter 22. This chapter, this poem here, is basically Psalm 18. It doesn't match exactly, but it is very, very close. When you read the introduction, it doesn't seem clear if this psalm, this poem, was written after being completely delivered and safe from Saul and then sung throughout David's lifetime and so inserted here, or if Saul is just included here as one of his enemies uh, that he's had over his lifetime and this was written near the end of his life. But what it is, it is a praise and poetic declaration of God's mercy and power, and it's very inspiring. The words will ring true in the hearts of any Christian. The poetry is an attempt to capture David's awe and the sense of God coming to care for him when David called. The imagery is similar to what Moses writes in Exodus chapter 15, which we know is describing something that happened right then. But this image is used throughout the Bible, and it's similar to some wording and imagery in the book of Revelation. But that doesn't mean that every time this imagery is used, that it is speaking of the end times or the end of the world. But one thing is clear is that David completely relied on and acknowledges his need for God. In verses 21 through 27, David is talking about being righteous before God, but we know from other places that David knows his righteousness comes from his faith in God and God's forgiveness for him. To say that he has not wickedly departed from God doesn't mean that David never thought he sinned, but that he loved and followed God. 
in verse 23, not departing from God's ordinances, is the same as having lived through everything and even repentance according to God's decrees. Verse 24 is worded interestingly, and I'm not going back to the original Hebrew, but in in this version, it says, I kept myself from my iniquity. That seems like a way of saying I separated myself from sin by returning to God's forgiveness. As David Guzik in the Blue Letter Bible points out, this is similar to something that Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, where it says, If anyone therefore purges himself from these, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and suitable for the master's use, prepared for every good work. Regarding verse 27, where it says, with the crooked, you will show yourself shrewd. I want to read from what both David Gusick says in the Blue Letter Bible and how he quotes someone else. He says, translators have trouble with this sentence because it communicates a difficult concept. It's easy to say that if a man is pure towards God, then God will be pure to him. But you can't say that if a man is wicked towards God, then God will be wicked towards him because God can't do anything wicked. So then he quotes a guy named Boyce. David expresses the second half of the parallel by a somewhat ambiguous word, the root meaning of which is twisted. The verse actually says, to the twisted or crooked, you will show yourself twisted or crooked. The idea seems to be that if a person insists in going devious ways in his dealings with God, God will outwit him as that man deserves. Getting back to my thoughts, uh, verse 28 supports the idea that David's claims are not self-righteous, but positional. He trusts in God. He admits and repents from sin and relies on God's forgiveness and salvation. He is not proud. And in verse 29, it emphasizes that Yahweh protects and gives strength, incredible strength against impossible odds. And we need to remember this pretty much every day as wicked men around the world pursue wicked outcomes by wicked means all around us. Verse 35 says that God teaches my hands to war. But we know that God loves everyone and would that all would turn to his love and accept his salvation. Second Peter 3.9 talks about all coming to him. John 3.16 also says this. But let me specifically read 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I'll start with verse 1 to lead into the section. I exhort, therefore, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high places, that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to full knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony in its own times, to which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth in Christ, not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So you can see that the context here is very much of Paul talking about the whole world. So when he says that God desires all people to be saved, he's talking about everybody. So then what are we supposed to take away from a passage like this where it says, God teaches my hands to war? Well, some people have chosen to make themselves enemies to God and those who follow him. And while we are to love our enemies, there are times for defense, and there will be a final time of fulfillment of all justice. 
when those who have persisted in being enemies of God will be dealt with. Let's go back to verse 34 for a minute, where David says, He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me in high places. And this is also something that is spoken of in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. So it's curious that it is in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, where is the verse that says, The just shall live by faith, which is what I was trying to say about David's perspective on righteousness. Verse 42 about the people calling on Yahweh, but Yahweh not answering, reminds me of when Saul called on Yahweh, but he wasn't answered because his calling was not one of a heart or any intention to follow God, but he just wanted God to fulfill his requests like a genie in a bottle when he asked him things. But the chapter definitely does end with some prophetic overtones when it talks about, like in verse 44, you have kept me to be the head of the nations that people whom I have not known will serve me. And then ending talking about David's offspring. So that's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.